Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. Or just better now. That's all you can say. Welcome to the Blog the Dogs podcast. I'm Herschel Gurley here as always with my co-host, Boss Dog. Holler to people, Boss. Welcome back, everybody. You know, Super Bowl Sunday, big day. Go Chiefs. Go Nicole. And have a great day, everybody. Enjoy the Super Bowl. And let's talk some football. Yeah, coming to you on Super Bowl Sunday, about two hours from kick. Uh, boss and myself both have a lot of pups in the house. So we got we to gotta do it when we got the time, folks. So we got a we got a pocket today and we're we're going to roll with it even though it's Super Bowl Sunday. And since it's Super Bowl Sunday and since being dogs fans we're going to be rooting for McCole today. Uh let's let's pick up where we left off last week trying to guess what his outfit was going to be. He just entered the stadium and he is dressed as a Air Force fighter pilot. I mean the full outfit, the flight suit, he's got the helmet on with the visor, uh, oxygen mask, the whole deal. I mean he might as well be Maverick from Top Gun. He he's essentially Pete Maverick. That's what he looks like. And uh, the Instagram post from him highlighted, you know, everybody's calling him the Jet now. I don't remember that from UGA. Was that his nickname at UGA? I don't remember that. I feel like I would remember that. I don't remember that either. He looks awesome, though. I mean, he looks just amazing, this outfit. I really hope that he sticks with this going into next season and just every week this, he comes in a new outfit. I really hope he sticks with it. He looks great. I think he has to. He looks fantastic. And I didn't think he could outdo himself from the division round in the conference championship, but this is excellent. I mean, Slow clap from the Blog the Dogs podcast, McCole, because that is excellent. Excellent, excellent, excellent. Plus, isn't Top Gun 2 releasing this summer? Yes. Yes, it is. Cognizant of pop culture. I'm here for it, McCole. I am here for it. So, well done on that. I love that. Everybody check that out on his Instagram. Next thing I want to talk to you guys about is, obviously, one of the big events that happens during Super Bowl week is that they make the Hall of Fame announcements, Hall of Fame selections. And we spoke last time about how Boss and I grew up playing football together and he was my center and I uh, played quarterback. And um, folks, if you follow pro football at all and you remember Steve Hutchinson, who was elected to the Pro Football Hall of Fame this weekend, by the way, congratulations, Steve. Boss is a spitting image of Steve Hutchinson. I mean, he's got that nice flow, the good facial hair, just they're doppelgangers, absolutely doppelgangers. If Boss walked into Canton, Come August, he could probably drink for free because people would be thinking that it was Steve Hutchinson walking into the bar. So, do you want to congratulate your boy, your twin? Very much so. Congratulations, Mr. Hutchinson. I wish that I had a third of the athletic talent that you had. <laughs> <laughs> I, I never saw it until, um, I don't know, flipping through Madden one day. I think you and I were playing, or maybe, maybe our buddy Ty as well. Maybe we were playing Madden one day, taking a break in our old college days we were flipping through we were like oh my god and yeah sure enough it really was it was kind of creepy i mean it's uncanny at first but and then the weirdest part was is then of course after that i started like okay he was playing for the vikings at the time i believe 
And so then I was like, okay, I want to see this guy play. And then, you know, Vikings aren't on where we are very much, but you saw him play first and you're like, okay, you really need to because he walks like me as well. And sure enough, it was just, it was very strange. Very heartfelt congratulations to Mr. Hudson. I started following his career from there and pretty much watched him any chance I could just because of that. You know, from going out, became a fan, you know, even though he went to Michigan, still a fan. Congratulations. I can't wait to see the bust. Very <laughs> looking forward to that. So <laughs> seeing my face facing that i feel like you got to go to canton with the kids <laughs> they were like look dad's in the hall of fame it's really uncanny like, i feel like i've met the dude because he he just looks just like my boys anyways it it just cracked me up so and actually funny side script on that boss texted me yesterday and goes i made the hall of fame and i'm thinking he's talking like he made our high school hall of fame and I, he made like our high school hall of fame and uh it's like this is awesome and he's like no that no no steve hutchinson made the hall of fame i'm like oh, oh, oh god 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 <laughs> So, uh, yeah, that was, uh, you know, just a little inside baseball there, but uh, it made me laugh. So congratulations, Steve. We're pumped for you. Blog Dog Podcast, real big fans of you. So big announcement this week. Well, a lot of big announcements this week. Uh, I think the biggest one, just from an anticipation perspective, because I think we're all hurting for dogs football right now, is Georgia Football Twitter announced this week the spring practice schedules kicking off on March 17th. And G-Day is going to be on April 18th, which I think we had speculated last week. But just to kind of see it on the calendar makes it feel like maybe the, the long, dry winter's not going to be as bad as we thought it would be. So um, March 17th, I mean, that's, that's really, what, six, seven weeks away? And, and we got some football to kind of tune into. What are some of the things you're most interested to see? I mean, I think outside the obvious of of seeing what Jamie Newman's going to be or seeing what Todd Munkin's offense is going to look like. I think everybody's looking forward to those two things or anticipating those two things. What are some outside stories maybe people aren't generally talking about that you're looking at as it comes to spring practice and G-Day? Well, I think the biggest thing that is going to be the offensive line. There's going to be a couple of big pieces that are coming in. Hopefully, everything looks like they're going to be coming in in the summer. You know, how is the offensive line for the people that are going to, that are on campus, how is that going to shape up? I think that's the biggest storyline of, of the spring because who's going to be the left tackle? Everybody's talking about potentially Brock Jones starting as a left tackle. I don't see that if he ends up signing, which all those signs point to that. I don't see him coming and starting at left tackle. I think it's going to be someone currently already on campus. So I think that's the biggest storyline in the spring is who's your starting left tackle in that first line at G-Day? Also, you had a bunch of spaces in there. Who's left guard? Who's right tackle? I think right tackle, if Sawyer doesn't move over to left, is pretty much set. But I think that's your biggest storyline is how the offensive line shakes out. Hey, you got to protect Newman. Newman's a great storyline, but you got to protect him. Same thing with you know all the running backs. You have to open up holes for them. So I think how that plays out is is a bigger storyline than anything else you know that we're going to see. Of course, the linemen don't get much. They're not flashy, so. People don't really want to talk about the linemen, but that's much more important is the overall outcome of the, the offense is how the line looks. Yeah, I agree with that. I think that that's the big one, right? Yeah, outside of the obvious ones with, with the new offense. and or, Well, we say new offense. We just assume it's going to be new. I think it will obviously be new, newer than what we're used to anyways. So I think that's obvious. I think the Jamie Newman thing, everybody's going to want to see how he, how he looks. I'm interested to see how Carson Beck plays. Just feel like he had an up and down senior year, so maybe the the hype isn't as big on him as it was maybe a year ago. So I'm interested to see how he comes in and looks with that college speed. To your point with the O-line, it'll be interesting to see them go best on best against our defensive line, against our front seven, see how things shake out, see them go full speed. I think the defense seems pretty set, right? So, you know, maybe we get to look at Tyreek Stevenson a little bit more, or maybe we get to... Um, 
check out the back end some more. But you know, nine out of eleven starters returning, right? So I, not a ton of uncertainty there. It'll be interesting to see how another um, opportunity in the weight room, you know, another semester to grow. How Nakobe Dean looks, how Trayvon Walker looks, how you know these guys that have had some time to marinate in the system, Nolan Smith. Uh, how they come out and look. So I'm I'm excited to see that as well. You know, the other one is uh, the kicking game, right? I mean, Hot Rod's out. So it'll be interesting to see what things look like from kickoffs, what things look like at field goals, all those type of things. So those are some things worth following, but just excited to have something on the, the schedule to kind of count down to and look forward to, even though it's not a real game per se. Weekend after the Masters, just football's football, I'll take it. Yeah, exactly. And special teams is something that in the spring I don't think we're going to really see much of because Zirkle can't come in until August because the theory is is that he's going to blue shirt. So technically he's not in there right now because he's not on scholarship yet. So he can't come in until August when classes start, really. I mean, well, he can come in a month early as he's a football player, but he can't come in until fall practice starts. So we're not going to really know what the – we'll know what the punting game is going to look like, but we really pretty much already know what that is with Marta. Um, we're not going to know what our – field goal kicking situation looks like, which honestly terrifies me. This is going to remind me of Rodrigo's freshman year going into the season, how I felt that year. Like I'm that nervous again. And I don't, I mean, I remember our conversation back then, like we were both like, even going into his second year, we were both kind of like, yeah, this just doesn't feel good. Yeah, I think that was 17 was the year. I think was his sophomore year. If I remember correctly, we were both just kind of like, yeah. Because, I mean, we brought in that year, I believe David Marvin was a graduate transfer to push Rodrigo, and then Rodrigo won the job at fall camp, if I remember right, it was that year. And That's right. And, you know, I mean, he just took, took a stranglehold on it. Another thing that is really interesting, the people who didn't get playing time this year, the people who redshirted, like, the um, the Nashville trio and, like, Bill Norton, those guys all on the defensive line, you know, seeing how they've developed for a year, if they're going to do anything, you know, they're really going to push for playing time this year. Otherwise... You know, they may be candidates for the transfer portal if they don't get, you know, a shot in the rotation this year because people, kids are just impatient these days. So, you know, I think we had five people redshirt from our freshman class last year, like Kymen Mitchell, Makaya Tung, Bill Norton, or the three that popped in my head right away. I know there was a couple more. Just seeing how they've developed after a year in the weight room, a year in the nutrition, a year in the system. Uh, I'm really curious to see how they look after a year. Yeah, I think all those things are going to be interesting. I mean, it's the great thing too is a lot of that could obviously change too over the summer, but at least it's a sneak peek at, at what's going to come kind of pivoting off of that, you know, seeing the new offense or seeing the the uh evolved offense that Todd Munkin's going to bring in. Seth Emerson wrote an article in the Athletic today featuring Todd Munkin and how he was selected or what the process looked like for him to be selected as as offensive coordinator at Georgia and let me just start this by saying that if, if you don't have The Athletic, I encourage you to get it just to read Seth's stuff. He's fantastic. The work he does is great. Uh, the podcast that he does, uh, the Damn Good Podcast, is also great. So um, we're a little biased. We, we love his work, but uh, I would advocate for you to to sign up for them. This is not any type of ad, just it's great content. So, so sign up for it. But I, I do want to read you some snippets of it boss just so we can comment on a little bit uh well i won't read the first snippet but in the opening uh seth talks about how todd monken nearing the end of the brown season 
was having a conversation on the plane with one of his fellow coaches uh, on the way home from one of their games. I think it was a loss. And they were talking about different things about the season and whatnot. And then the conversation pivoted to Georgia. And they were talking about Georgia and the opportunities there. And then Seth Emerson kind of drops on you that the guy he was talking to was John Lilly, former tight ends coach at UGA, which I had totally forgotten that he was on the Browns staff. And when Munkin asked him about um, the job, John Lilly said, you can win a national championship there. And so I just thought that was a really interesting connection that I just, I hadn't really put together. So that was an interesting piece. The other piece of it was, I think everybody's pretty aware of his brother, you know, at Army and the success that he's had there. But I also didn't know that Monken and Kirby Smart share a similar history of coming from dads that were high school coaches. So I'm going to read you this this snippet here just because I don't want to give the whole thing away, but this is what it says. Family history shows why Kirby Smart and Todd Monken might have bonded both of the sons of high school coaches, but Monken's family takes it to another level. His father and four uncles were all coaches, and four of them are in the Illinois High School Coaches Hall of Fame. Um, that's pretty impressive, right? Oh, and I misspoke earlier. Uh, Jeff Monken, not his brother. It's his cousin. Sorry about that. Um, but so, yeah, just I thought that was very interesting. And the whole article's great, but those were kind of the two highlight pieces for me about it. Just seems like it's going to be an interesting fit and feels like it could be a good fit. Well, I think that just from a personality standpoint, the opinion of people in college football is that Kirby is a difficult person to work for because he's such a hard worker and he expects that from people under him. So if you have people who come with that mentality anyway, obviously it's much easier. And it sounds like just from what you were describing, like the type of family that uh, Todd comes from, that he already has that instilled in him based off of just his pedigree. So I think that that will bode real well from just their working relationship. Also, it seems like he, because he has that pedigree and because of the success he's had at the NFL and the college level, he also has the clout to tell Kirby, this is the way we need to do things, not let Kirby say, no, I want things done X. Munkin can say, no, things need to be done Y, and that things will be done Y, because that's his area of expertise. And I feel that just because of that background and that, that he has the, for lack of a better term, gravitas, and because he has the background and that maybe Cheney or and definitely Coley did not have, I mean, Cheney's success when he came to UGA was, you know, back when really had Breeze as quarterback, which was what, 15 years ago. And then Coley had never really had success as OC. So, you know, he didn't have that background to fall on to be like, look, here's the proof is in the pudding, so to speak. And then, you know, you talk about the pedigree he has, obviously, you know, that's huge as well. And that if they share that same type of bond, then that's always something, hopefully they don't, but if things go sideways, you know, at some point they can always, you know, go back to that. Another interesting connection with Munkin, which I took you down a wormhole last time, but just go with me on this. Uh, do you know who worked with him when he was with the Jaguars? What was he with the Jaguars? I don't know off the top of my head. I, I think pre-Bucks, so 
15, 16, 14, 15, somewhere in there. No, I'd, I'd have to know exactly when to even have a guess, but no. He was the he was the defensive coordinator for the Jags at the time. The only person I can think of with UGA connections at Jacksonville is Doug Marone, but I think he's an offensive line coach. So that wouldn't be right. So Mel Tucker. Really? God, he was at the D coordinator there. Mel Tucker was the D coordinator in Jacksonville when Todd Munkin was there. I think it may have been a, a while back. It may have been pre pre Munkin going to Oklahoma State. I think he was coaching the quarterbacks with the Jags. I think that was like oh seven ish. Yeah, I think it was a while back. Because I think it was before Mel made the transition back into the college game. So anyways, just an interesting nugget there. But um, go ahead and read that article. It's it's great. I love stuff like that, feature pieces like that. I think it gives some real insight into to what's coming with him and, and what the, the Genesis story is for him in Georgia. So it's a good read. From a roster perspective, couple announcements this week. Let's start with the first one. Uh, Dejon Edwards announces that he's committing to the dogs to bring another running back into the fold which I would assume, I mean, we don't know this, but I would assume just to kind of piggyback off of our conversation on the last episode, that would seem to indicate the Zachary Evans storyline with Georgia is probably over. Is that what you think also? I expected it was over before Edwards announced. I was really under the impression that Georgia wasn't going to take another back in this class. I thought they were going to go with two in the next class, um, which they still may, um, especially if they lose two. Um, you know, after this year, which is always possible because Zeus and Cook will both be juniors. But I don't know enough about Edwards because Edwards has always kind of been, I mean, he's definitely a highly rated player. It's not like he's a, a slouch or anything like that. It's just always been, all, all the talk has been about Evans, 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 Evans. So that's been mostly my focus on it. So all the people that, that I've talked to that do talk about Edwards, it's just kind of like, Nobody really wants to talk about him because they are so focused on Evans. So it's one of those things that's like, I really haven't done enough research on him, so I can't really give an you know, educated opinion other than his ranking. The only thing, a little snippet I have heard about is that he got coached in an all-star game by, I can't remember the coach's name, Rush Probst, I think, um, in Georgia. Yeah, the, uh, the old Hoover High School coach. Yeah, he got compared very favorably to Nick Chubb, who who props also coached in an all-star game. That's his only connection is that he coached them in one all-star game one week, but he compared him very favorably to Nick Chubb. And it, this was before, this was before they, he announced his, you know, commitment to Georgia. It was just, it happened to be this all-star game. And this was after his junior year. This wasn't after this season. This was after his junior season. So it had nothing to do with going to the dogs or anything like that. There was no connection there. It was just, that they both went were you know Georgia kids and stuff like that, and in this particular All Star game, that's really the only thing I know about it. So hey, uh, and that, I've learned that from another podcast. So it's not like a, this is firsthand knowledge to myself. What everything I did read is that Dell never stopped recruiting this kid, even while they were recruiting Evans. They never Dell never stopped recruiting this kid, even though it seemed all Georgia backed off everyone else. Like even with all the Tank Bigsby talk and. The kid that went to Miami, Cheney, even when there was talk of possibly him and Ashad Clayton and Jameer Gibbs, all these other guys that you know everybody else was talking about, Dell never stopped recruiting um, Edward. There was also supposedly some grade issues with him at some point, but I don't think you take you know a back in this point with you have so few spots unless you know the kids going to make grades. You know, I love the pickup. I I can't wait to really 
delve into you know his huddle f- film and like kind of like look at it really see what he's all about we turned away evans i really didn't think we were gonna hit another back and then we take another back it's kind of like okay well we don't typically take backs lightly so if we're taking a back there's a reason we're taking it i'm really excited about it because i want to get in there and see what he's all about yeah from everything i had heard and read it seemed a lot of the smoke on him was florida state i mean i just didn't seem like he was a guy that was was in the pipeline for georgia i mean i was pretty surprised when the announcement came through this week. I think the positives that you look at with the kid are pretty big kid. I think he's 5'11", almost six foot, 200 pounds, and that's before coming to college and getting in the weight room and getting the strength and conditioning program. So you got to feel like physically big ceiling there. doesn't seem to be like a burner. I don't think the 40 times are there or anything, but straight line runner perspective, it seems like he's he's pretty powerful. Played all four years at the varsity level at the highest classification in state of Georgia. So uh, there's something to be said for that. I heard somebody talk about him this week, and I can't remember who it was, but they said they had seen him at a camp, uh, one of Auburn's camps, maybe after his sophomore year or junior year. And the guy said he was talking to a couple of people there and was like, hey, is this like a kid Auburn is redshirting and he's just working out or what? And the other guy was like, no, he's he's a high school kid. So I think that kind of speaks to what, what he is physically and what he probably can be physically. So that's exciting. The other thing that I had read about him and what the numbers seem to indicate is that he has the potential to be a three-down back. I mean, obviously can run the football, but also a good pass catcher, which in the Munkin system I think is going to be valuable. And they said he's not afraid to block people. So it's, that's always fantastic to have a guy versatile enough that you can keep on the field for every down that you need him. Uh, so I'm excited to see. I mean, I, I'm kind of with you. I, this one kind of caught me by surprise. So I wasn't super prepared or super knowledgeable about him, but I've tried to dive in as much as possible on him and everything seems exciting as it pertains to that. So, hey, we, we're, we're pumped to have him. Um, go dogs, Dejan, we're, we're happy to welcome you into the fold. Let's transition that into another addition that was announced today. And that's the commitment from Lad McConkey, three-star kid, but stock seems to be rising. Uh, I think there was a bat either with Tennessee or that was his first choice. Grew up a Tennessee Volunteers fan, but keep him in Georgia, Georgia kid, keep him in Georgia. And looks like he'll be kind of a slot guy, somebody they can move around. Good speed, shiftiness, real good athlete. So, uh, you know, another weapon for, for Todd Monken's offense. Yeah, so about him, I actually have done a little bit more research on because with Edwards, it kind of seemed like that ship had sailed, so I didn't really pay much attention to him anymore. But with Lad, he visited a couple weeks ago, it seemed like, and then there was a lot of smoke there that, you know, he got a full offer. It wasn't like a blue shirt or anything like that. You know, there was a real chance that he was going to accept. So I did start looking at his film. He's very quick. He is a slot guy. He's not the biggest guy in the world. He's definitely going to need to put on some weight. I don't know. His film doesn't have a whole lot of like returning in it, so I don't know if he's that, but he reminds me so much of what the Patriots do. Like the type of stuff he does is what the Patriots do with like your Wes Walker, your Julian Edelman. I'm not saying he's that type of player, but the type of stuff he does is what they do. He finds the soft spots in zones. He's able to stop on a dime and break out and get that half step on people. He's just able to do that. Yeah, I'm excited about it. I don't think he's going to be a, get a whole lot of playing time this year because he does need to put on some weight. Because like I said, he's only 170 pounds. But I think he definitely, I mean, as far as the college game goes, he reminds me of a faster Hunter Renfro. That's just the type of player he reminds me of. I think he could be that for us. 
And that's what I'm hoping for from him. Yeah, you know, I, I think the great thing, like you said, very shifty. I think he'll work really well in small spaces. Uh, he's an all-purpose guy, so can can run. I think he threw the football in high school. I mean, he might even play quarterback in high school. I think he did play quarterback in high school, actually. But he has returned kicks. He played defense. Uh, so you just love guys like that who are an athlete. He ran track in high school, played basketball. I think he got timed somewhere like 10-8, 10-8-5 in the 100. So a lot of speed there and, uh, you know, some room to grow. I mean. 170 pounds now, but they'll put some weight on him and, and he can continue to develop and, and work within the system. And, you know, you scheme some things for him and get him in space. And I mean, Hey man, another weapon, you just want as many weapons as possible. It's just exciting to have another weapon in the fold and happy to have him. I think he is the seventh player of the 23 in the class currently that is from the state of Georgia. So a third of the class essentially from the state of Georgia, which is always fantastic. I know Kirby has talked from the start about trying to put a fence around Georgia. So love to see that. Love to see some beef from the numbers in Georgia. So I think that's great too. It, it is great. He definitely said that when he came to Georgia, and then he has proceeded to make Georgia a countrywide brand. So he gets to pick and choose who he wants from the state. And then people within the states tend to kind of say, well, he said he wanted to put a border on state, then he seems to let the best players from the state go, but then he chooses players from across the country who fit his scheme better and picks players who he feels are better for the university and he's building pipelines elsewhere to bring in. So he still is keeping, like you said, a third of the class. I mean, there's so much talent in the state of Georgia, you're not going to keep everyone home. It's just not possible. And depending on where you are in the state, you're closer in, in certain parts of the states, you're closer to Auburn than you are to UGA. You just are. I mean, and actually Edwards, I, I read somewhere that Edwards is actually closer to Tallahassee than he is to UGA. So I mean, there, it just, some parts of the state, it just works out that way with other big schools. Right, right. Well, since it is Super Bowl Sunday, I want you to give me a pick. Who do you got today? Give me a score too. I'm going to go with the Chiefs and as good as the Niners defense is, I think it's going to be a little bit more high scoring than everybody thinks. I got the Chiefs 34-28, and I don't think it's going to be as close as that. I think the 49ers scored late to make it the score closer than the actual game. Yeah, I'm kind of in the same boat as you. I'm going to take the Chiefs, too. I just think I'm going to go with what the trend was in college this year and and pick a dynamic offense over a, a suffocating defense. So uh, I'm going to go with the Chiefs also. I also agree with you. I think it's going to be more high scoring than, than maybe has been indicated. I just I, I don't think anybody can contain that offense, and I think they are humming right now. Uh, the thing that they cannot do is get down early. If San Francisco gets up, and can grind the clock and run the football, and that kind of plays right into what they want to do. So I think Kansas City needs to come out early and be aggressive. I think Andy needs to call a couple shots for guys, maybe get the Jets something early. be so awesome if he had a monster game and pulled out one of those random Super Bowl MVP deals where it's like, it's not the guy everybody thinks it is, but I'll be rooting for the Jet. So hope he has an awesome game. He already won the pregame with, with that uh, get-up that he brought in, so hopefully he continues and, and has a fantastic day. So I think that I think we're both on board with the Chiefs there. Let's just hope it's a good game. I think that's probably going to be it for this week. We will come back at you midweek next week, uh, either on signing day or the day after signing day, and just evaluate the final product there, see where everything rolls, see if there's any surprises on Wednesday or see if everything kind of goes 
as we expect it will. But we appreciate you listening as always. Please go and follow us on social media, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, Blog the Dogs podcast. On Facebook, it's Blog the Dogs. On Twitter and Instagram, that's AWG for uh, Blog and Dogs. So give us a follow there. Go on iTunes, uh, Google Play, Spotify, wherever you listen to your podcasts. Go ahead and give us some good rankings. Review us. Help us get up in those queues so more people can hear us, more people can talk dogs with us. So thank you for listening. Um, Go dogs, sick them. Go dogs. George is better now.